Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Our special guest today is Taylor Josephson from Vermont. And so he uh, recently has transitioned into the lawn care industry and is going to share with us uh, how that transition went and how he's building his business now and uh, just what he's learned along the way as he's uh, starting to piece this thing together and uh, pursue uh, building his business. Before we hear Taylor's lawn care business story, I want to say thank you to today's episode sponsor, and that is our friends at Jobber. Jobber is the CRM that I use to organize as well as manage my business. Jobber makes it easy from quoting a job to getting paid. Jobber software brings it all together to make those projects easy to manage and customer experiences seamless, giving you more time back in your day and getting paid faster. If you're looking to stay organized and perhaps scale your business, then head on over to getjobber.com forward slash Paul, or you can check the link in today's show notes to test out Jobber for free for 14 days. Again, check the link in today's show notes for the CRM Jobber, or give them a visit at getjobber.com forward slash Paul, where you can redeem that free 14-day trial. Well, without further ado, let's hear from Taylor from Vermont and hear his lawn care business story. So you were out doing a tree job today, is that correct? Yeah, I had a commercial customer reach out to me a little while ago saying that the tree they had out front was blocking some of their signage uh, from the roadway, so they wanted it taken care of, and we also took care of uh, some overhanging that was near the building that could be an issue if a big uh, winter storm comes through this year. All right, so I and now you're sitting in your truck with the AC on joining the Green Industry Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. 90 degrees and like 60% humidity. Uh, that's enough for me. I'm done. <laughs> cool, man. Well, tell us a little bit about your uh, story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started my business uh, January of 2020 before the, the pandemic came through, um, doing it part-time on the side. Uh, we worked through, you know, just doing it on the weekends. I had some guys come help every now and again. Um, just started growing it from there, investing all my money back into the business. Uh, this is my third year uh, for mowing and everything like that. And I signed a contract, commercial contract, taking care of uh, 10 McDonald's stores that uh, pushed me full time. Uh, so I've been full time in my business since April of this year. That's cool. What were you doing before you got into the lawn care business? Uh, so before that, I had a, you know, obviously just like uh, I think a lot of people, I had a, you know, a slew of jobs trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. And uh, I was working at a car dealership uh, for about three and a half years, working in the service lane, got to tell people all the good news, you know, how broken their car was, uh, you know, just being the bad guy, but selling things too. So I learned a lot from that, uh, kind of transitioned some of that into selling stuff on the side. So I think that's what helped me. Um, and then before that, I was actually a, a corrections officer for the state. 
I uh, was getting my oil change um, just a few days ago. And I can tell this guy, they must like train them that he's got to try to upsell me my air filter, which was basically <laughs> brand new. So he, he yep. takes out my air filter that literally is like brand, brand new. And yep. he walks up to my window and he says, Hey, uh, you know, uh, would you like something? He gives me his pitch. Like, would you like a new air filter? And I literally just stared at him. Like, are you serious? And he started laughing and he just walked back and put it back in. He, he wasn't about to fool me, man. <laughs> but I, I guess he like, I guess he's trained. Like he had to try to do the upsell, which I get, I I'm all about upselling and cross selling. But I was like, dude, that has just been put in there. Um, you know, is like oh, yeah. it was like all white, like perfect. And uh he just started laughing when I just stared at him like, nice try, pal. Yeah, that's that was a lot of the job too, you know. I mean we live in Vermont, there's a lot of dirt roads around here. So, you know, guess how well I just replaced that, you know, six months ago. I was like, Sam, you've also put, you know, probably five of the ten thousand miles on your car down a dirt road and it's clogged full. Here it is, it's brown, almost black. They're like, no, I'll put it back in. I'm like Okay, don't complain that your Prius doesn't get good gas mileage anymore. Then, <laughs> there so. you go, man. <laughs> so you you launch in in 2020. Now this McDonald's thing, man. I don't know about this. Oh yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> my one of my mentors and I used to be his foreman. We used to do the um, it's called Boston Market. So we did all yep. the Boston markets in Atlanta. And long yep. story short, not not to scare you because I know you. How long did you sign the contract for? Uh, it's well, so the contract was from April 1st up until, uh, about this, uh, November 1st. And then I'll be re-signing a snow contract that'll put me a full year contract after. Okay. Well, I don't know anything about snow, so I should probably shut up. But anyway, it was a horrible (laughs) deal with Boston market because we had to drive literally like all around town to do these Boston markets. There's probably 10 or so of them we would do. And then each year they kept like not literally they make the price go down. Like if it, well, I forget what the contract was like 76,000 bucks or whatever. And then they're like, Hey, we got bids at 72 and it was literally going backwards until finally yep. my friend uh, was just like, get lost. Like this is ridiculous. It's, it's like the opposite of loyalty. And um, Absolutely. Pl- plus it's a lack of route density. Now Vermont and Atlanta are different because Atlanta is a major city in Vermont. I'd imagine you guys have a little bit more, more land and less people. Oh. Oh yeah. I'm, you know, I, I said it on Brian's podcast, you know, there's more cows than there are people I think in the state of Vermont. Uh, you know, people call Burlington a city and I laugh at that because I'm actually, you know, I, I've grown up my whole life in New England. So I grew up in Massachusetts, stuff like that. But when people call a small area, you know, they're like, Oh, this is a city. I'm like, yeah, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, but it, it's funny that you say that about the Boston market, that it, it went backwards. So uh, I signed these guys this year. I gave them, you know, for a full season contract, the price was $10,000 more than their last guy was doing it. But they hated him so much uh, that they wanted me to start actually last winter, uh, which I couldn't do because I didn't have a house for the kids. You know, I've got two little kids. I've got a three and a half year old uh, and a four month old now. And we have, we were living in an apartment and I just, I, we needed to get out of there. So I told them before I did anything, I needed to find a house. Uh, and they, they waited for me. And they took that $10,000 more and they've come up with more projects than I can handle uh, to do that are outside of contract. Um, you know, we're still crushing it, still trying to get caught up on all the projects they keep throwing out there. And, nice. uh, you know, how, how does the, so it's, it's worked out. Yeah. Let, let me pick your brain on this. Cause I, I'm very hardcore, yeah. like warning people not to do this, 
But um, yep. anyway, how how do they pay you? Is it net thirty, net sixty, net ninety? How, how does the the payment go when you you work for McDonald's? Yeah, so I'm working for obviously a franchise owner that owns a bunch in in Vermont. They own a bunch in New Hampshire as well. Actually, the owners live in like Amherst, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, so I've only met them once, but I deal with like the regional managers that are around here, and they think I'm like the greatest thing that ever happened to landscapers. Like, this looks great. I'm like, all I did was mow it. So the last guy must have been real bad. Um, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's things that, you know, you wouldn't expect to get from, especially a commercial customer. I mean, they actually pulled me aside, uh, not to get too sidetracked here, but I, I had the, the guy that my contact pulled me aside uh, when I was mowing the grass at their place one day. And he asked me if I was financially okay and if they were paying me enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, you know, they, they truly care, which I thought was amazing, you know, and, and I've also, so one of the things I was actually kind of really excited about this year was I actually picked up an, uh, another contract with another property management company for the CVS pharmacy in the area for four of them. Um, and I hadn't mowed it for the first time yet when I did Brian's podcast, which was maybe three weeks ago, I think four weeks ago. And I've already dropped them. Um, they are the cheapest company I think I've ever dealt with. I mean, if anybody does that, I mean, does CVS and you do, you have good luck with them. Good for you. Uh, I did not. They paid for a mow and trim, but they wanted you to trim, pull the weeds. Um, the weeds were so overgrown. They said they were going to come up and spray them. I said, no, they need to be pulled and didn't have any luck there with getting anybody to come up and take care of them. They do mulch once every five years. Oh, uh, so all the beds just look like, <laughs> oh, they look like absolute garbage. And uh, you know, they're like, well, you need to cover this insurance, that insurance, this insurance. I said, no, I don't. I live in the state of Vermont and I'm doing work in Vermont. I don't need that insurance. I have this insurance, which covers me. And I said, nope, that's not what we need. So I just said that, you know, you know, I appreciate the opportunity, but, uh, you know, have a nice day. Yeah. Well, and this is why I typically, cause I used to work for Carabas and all kinds of commercial companies. And, and eventually yeah. I said, forget it. And the reason is like, you know, th those four CVSs, for example, I'd, I'd rather yeah. go do four residential properties that are all within, you know, one mile of each other in the same neighborhood. It's yeah. just like route density and, and residential dealing with residential, you know, I, I control the terms of the payment better where it's getting paid on yeah. time and things of that nature. So I'm just using this as a teaching moment in general. I don't like, um, you know, working for multiple you know, CVSs or multiple Boston markets. Again, right. we got burnt so bad on Boston. Not, not we, like I own the company, but I was a form. I was, I'm right. driving the truck around Atlanta, like, and I'm thinking like, this is a waste of time. And, and finally, Kenny's, you know, financially realized this was a waste of time. His point was, you know, he, he had two kids and a wife and he's like, I need to provide for my family. And this is at least like reliable. But anyway, um, back to the McDonald's thing, the guy said, are we taking care of you? Now this, this is a huge opportunity to get paid more money. How, what did you tell the guy when he said, are you, I would have said, man, things are really tight. Can we talk? Can we talk my guy? What'd you say? Well, there, well, there's a little bit of a backstory on that too. Cause shortly after that, uh, so, so they're actually a net 30. I'll just, you know, cause you asked that question, but so McDonald's is net 30. And then the CVS guys, their company, are like, well, we're net 30, net 45. I'm like, well, which one is it? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, cool. So I don't know when I'm going to get paid on that. But they're net 30. She takes, I, I send out the invoice. She takes that. She emails it to the central office. It hits the owner's desk. The owner signs it. I think it's from what they told me, anything over $5,000, uh, he has to sign. He signs a check. 
it comes to me, you know, we're good. We're golden. We're good to go. Um, Night golden. And, that, uh, that was a good uh, pun. Golden arches. <laughs> she, uh, so, you know, I've always been paid, I think, I think within like 16 days, roughly between that whole process. So even though they're net 30, I get paid within like 16 days. Uh, we got to one month that I was doing all their mulch and everything like that. And things were a little tight because I had all that money out there, you know, 30 plus yards of mulch for all of them. Plus, you know, some other stuff I was doing for them. And I asked him, I said, you know what? I know you're not 30. You're not behind, but I'm running pretty tight right now. Any idea where that check is? And I felt like the biggest pile of garbage just asking that question, you know, because you never want to be that guy that's like, I need this money. Um, and she said, yeah, no problem. He actually came out and talked to me when I was talking to him that day. He says, if well, there's ever a check out for us and we owe you money, don't ever hesitate to ask where your payment is. Um, but obviously with the way of the world, everything's going up. So, so to answer your question, how I reacted to that was when he asked me, you know, if I was getting paid, I said, well, you know, salt's going up, inflation's up. So we're going to have to renegotiate the, the, the price in terms of, you know, the new contract for the year, you know, to cover some stuff. And, and I actually have um, my, a friend of mine that works uh, in landscaping as well. He and I are actually going to be business partners under the new uh, business name because uh, neither of us can find any help. And where we both are like-minded in the sense of like, we know what to, what the expectations of a customer are. Uh, so right now we're like mowing together just to get through the rest of this year, just to, you know, bang it out and make sure the customers are taken care of. And we just, you know, we're going to sit down and go through the numbers. But I mean, I, I've seen some things out there that, you know, salt prices are going up 20 to 25%, which I know you don't plow, but last year up here per ton was one sixteen ninety nine. So 20% of that, we're looking at almost 150, 140 and change, I believe. I did that math correctly in my head per ton of salt. And usually each storm would be about two tons. Uh, that's, it's not cheap. I want to give you a recommendation of a incredible book that I just got done listening to the audio book of it a couple weekends yeah. ago. And he talks about when you're, um, partnering together with someone in business, just like all the things to consider. It's a phenomenal book. Mm -hmm. So I would make sure you, what's your buddy's name? Who's um, in the industry? My buddy, Nick, Nick, I would encourage yep. both of y'all to meticulously go through this book. It's the author's name's Greg Crabtree. And the, okay. the book is called simple numbers, straight talk, big profits. And okay. he's helped tons of businesses start sell he just he knows uh the accounting and the legal side of running a business yep. very very well that book um is uh i would make sure nick simple number straight talk big profits uh great crabtree i would i would have make sure both you guys go through this book or listen to the audio book yep. um because there's there's pros and cons to to being in business with someone but he covers all the all the things where it goes south or sour or things to avoid. He talks about all yep. those and then he shares the the proper way to legally structure everything and, and, and do everything um, so that it's a win-win situation. So I would highly recommend. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Simple I mean, I'm numbers, trying to fill my head with knowledge. Yeah. Simple numbers, straight talk, big profits, Greg Crabtree. 
Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. With QuickPair technology and the Rainbird mobile app, you will have instant access to customize a watering schedule from anywhere. The mobile-first interface provides homeowners with the convenience they've come to expect while offering contractors the easiest and fastest programming experience available. Building upon Rainbird's legacy, the RC2 controller delivers the expertise of an irrigation company and the vision of a leader to save time, water, and money. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much. Worried that you won't make payroll. Or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. So uh, back to your services, what uh, I know you're mentioning you're flinging mulch, you're, you're mowing, um, you're doing snow. What what all uh, do you offer up there in Vermont? Because again, this is my first time ever talking to uh, someone <laughs> from Vermont. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, in our area, it, you kind of got to be a jack of all trades. You know, I'm not saying be a Swiss army knife where you're not actually good at one particular thing. Um, so, you know, starting off slow part time, I was mostly just doing some mowing, some mulch, you know, you can't mess up mulch. And if anyone out there said they've messed up a mulch job, I'd, I'd be curious to know how they did that. Um, but, you know, just mulch stuff like that. And then the plowing, you know, you can't, I mean, it can get cold and snow almost six months out of the year up here. It feels like sometimes. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta do that. So we do, uh, snow and ice management. Um, cause I actually heard this, you don't actually plow snow, you mitigate liability. Um, you know, mowing, we do some pruning, uh, do some mulch. Uh, I actually just finished up a project, uh, for a good family friend of ours. Uh, they just unfortunately lost their, their 12 year old daughter recently and they wanted a memorial garden. So, uh, we went down there for a weekend and busted out a, uh, a really cool uh, flagstone walkway, which was a first uh, for us. It's kind of just a trial and see what we can do. Um, 
So we might do some more hardscaping next year, depending on how everything works out. Uh, but just trying to fill all the voids with something we can do without offering too much. I think the reason we did the tree stuff today, um, you know, I, I reached out to another friend of mine who's, who's good in trees. He was actually in a harness up in the tree cutting stuff down for us. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where it was something they needed and I wanted to help them out, especially if they're 70, you know, 70% of my income for the year and I want to impress them, try to offer something that you know people can help you with. Uh, I, I joke all the time, you know, I've been a, a volunteer firefighter since you know high school. And uh, I joke with my parents all the time that I know more people than the mafia. So, you know, I've, I've got plumbers, I've got, you, you name it, I probably know somebody that could help us out with that. So I just try to find that the happy medium of, of what I'm really good at. And if I can't do it, know someone who does uh, so they can help us out. Yeah, that definitely can build your customers to know, like, and trust us when they say, you know, hey, do you got a good painter? Oh, actually, I got I got the perfect guy, and I, I the painter I refer actually looks a little rough. So I tell him I was like, "Listen, he's got long hair. He plays in the band on the weekends, <laughs> but he'll do the best paint job you've ever seen. He really does. I mean, the guy's just mm-hmm. uh, an artist when it comes to painting. Just these multi million yep. dollar homes. He's just perfect. But that makes me look good then when you know this fella goes out and he paints the property, and then they come back and they're like, "Hey, thanks so much, Paul. You know, we absolutely loved him and and." Uh, it just builds trust with you. So um, that's that's Absolutely. a huge benefit of, of knowing good plumbers and, and painters and roofers or what, what you know, whatever the trade is. What would you Absolutely. say is the biggest lesson you've learned? I know you're in the the early stages of business, so you're, you're just figuring it all out. But what's kind of been the biggest mistake you've learned and, and lesson learned from that um, in Ooh. your big in, well, in business? That's a... Yeah, that's a very loaded question, I'd say, um, you know, because I, I, I see this owning a business or building a business is very similar to, you know, what I tell people in the fire service. I've taught numerous classes in it, and I tell people, the day you think you know everything is the day you should leave before you get somebody killed. Um, you know, if you have that attitude that you're not learning every day, then you have severely messed up. And I think that holds true to owning a business. You know, the day you think you know everything is the day that you're going to put your business under. Um, you know, we're learning every day, but you know, I think one of my biggest mistakes, everyone says, know your numbers and sitting down with Nick, he's a very numbers oriented uh, guy. So he has each piece of his equipment broken down to what it costs him per minute to run it, uh, which I had a general idea, I guess, in a sense of what it was, but I don't think I had it broken down to what he did. Um, and then I had all my equipment taken care of, but then I didn't have my man hours taken care of. So if I were to hire employees, I would have been, you know, severely in the hole. Uh, so knowing your numbers, I mean, if you think you know it, you probably know most of it, but just, you know, bounce ideas off people, try to figure that out as well, because it's probably a little bit deeper you could go in it. Uh, the other thing that I've learned, you know, obviously still getting going in this is it's okay to say no. Uh, I was actually just out at a brush hog um, property yesterday doing a solar field. And I went across the street to do the small yard in front of his house and I made one loop around. And next thing you know, I hear clanging all around. I look back and my drive shaft or my brush hog is broken loose. Oh, man. Uh, it's not even, it's not even connected where it's supposed to be. Um, you know, this guy was very nice, but already a pain in the butt. Like, Hey, when do you think you're going to be here? I'm like, I'm on my way. He's like, so how long? I'm like, dude, I mean, I'm, you know, you're on the other side of the County. It's probably like an hour. Like, like I, I don't know. I got to stop and get some drinks. It's 90 degrees out. Like, do, do you want, you want my bathroom schedule too? I don't know. 
he was very picky and like just wants to know we want it done sooner than later like, i get it um and i think in that sense i probably should have started thinking like that's his problem not my problem and if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's okay to say no and it's okay to fire customers because uh, i called him up and told him hey fresh hog broke uh, i'm gonna see what i can do but it's the weekend probably not gonna be able to source any parts and that's pretty pretty much how that's gonna go so you know, I will let you know when I'm up and running again so I can get back out here and finish it up for you. We're on the tree job this morning and I hear my phone ringing while I'm underneath the tree pulling limbs out uh, and dragging them over to the trailer. And I go over to it and he had called me at nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday after I was just there yesterday, asking me if it was up and running and if I knew when I was going to get back and going because they want to get it done sooner rather than later. Um, so I'm actually, I, you know, my friend kind of gave me this job because uh, he didn't have time. He wasn't going to get out there until the end of August, early September. And uh, I told him, like, hey, man, listen, this is what's going on. He told me, like, dude, just fire him. That guy is a pain in the butt. I did. He's never been like that to me. But if that's what's going on with you, don't be afraid to say no. Just fire him. So I'm going to, uh, after we're done here, I'm going to calm down for, for a little bit, you know, just relax with the family. And then tonight I'll be adjusting the invoice that was sent to him for what the work was that was already done. And uh, just telling him, you know, good luck finding someone else. Yeah, be be very um <clears throat> delicate the way you uh you word that email because he'll yeah. uh he's this fella's not gonna be too happy, I can already tell. <laughs> oh, I, I I'm sure not. And you know, I, I try to be, you know, accommodating to an extent, you know. Uh, when I was working at the dealership, one of the biggest things that bugged me is when someone was unhappy, we just gave stuff away. Just give it to them for free. So now, granted, I may not have lost money on that, but I had to now deal with that customer for no commission. So, you know, I, I said, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be very reasonable. You know, I try to be a, a nice guy to an extent, but I also don't get walked on and he doesn't control my life and, you know, what I do. I literally responded to him today uh, after I got home and stuff because I got a text saying, did you get my voicemail? Oh, my I gosh. said, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to spend time with my family right now. I apologize. It's Sunday. You know, the brush hog's still down. So <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do here. So I just, yeah, it's one of those things where you got you to gotta pick and choose. And all those red flags before I even got out there should have been my cue. Um, but, you know, you live and learn. And it, like I said, it's okay to say no. And I probably should have said no sooner. Yeah, I definitely got to get... Um discernment of, of when we recognize this stuff and the longer you do this, the quicker you'll realize who the pitas are, the pain in the butts and yeah. cut those out. Cause it takes so much effort to earn a good reputation and we got to serve our customers with excellence and, and then do what cool. we say we're going to do. And so when a problem like this arises, you know, this has a great potential where this guy, it could come after your reputation and try to, you know, leave one star reviews and say all this kind of nasty stuff. And so you just have to yeah. be very, very delicate. And, um, you know, in the future, you know, if you commit to do something, you, you got to get it fixed and you got to serve them and you got to do it. Um, yeah. I, I, cause I would almost counsel you to get it fixed, get out there, do it, finish it, and then cut ties. Um, just yeah. cause I'm so paranoid about my reputation being squeaky clean this guy might yep. just take you to take you to town with um right. with your reputation but yeah and that's yeah. the biggest reason why it's like you know take some time calm down don't you know don't ever message someone in haste you know uh, everything i send to customers that are like this i have my wife proofread it 
Wanted yeah. to make sure there's no make sure there's no grammar errors, but just to make sure it sounds okay. You know, I tend to be a little bit more harsh. I'm a little more straightforward when it comes to a lot of things. Um, you know, that's not always the greatest thing to do. Um, you know, it's again, I should have seen the red flags in the beginning, so it's it's a lot of my fault on that aspect. Um, and I I want to get it fixed. I want to get back out there. But if you're going to call me every day, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like where where are the lines? You know. So I, I completely agree with you. Um, with, you know, making sure their reputation is still there and everything. But at the same time, in my head, I'm like, I can't please how, everybody. I know that. Yeah, but how, how many, how right many, how, what do you need to do to get this fixed and, and, and to get this guy's job done? Uh, well, I'm hoping that the part I need for the actual, I, I don't know if you want to call it a, the drive shaft goes into the, the hub there that spins the disc on the bottom. Uh-huh. And I don't think I just broke a pin. I think the actual hub itself started to come apart. So I'm hoping parts are available for it for me to slap in there. Have you uh, talked to the parts place yet or? No. So it happened yesterday uh, at about two uh, 30 and the, and the, my dealer is only open until noon on Saturday and they're not open at all on, on Sunday. So up in Vermont, things close early and things usually aren't open on the weekend. <laughs> nice. But you, you got to get this so, fixed for other jobs too, correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's something that's on my list. You know, I even sent to, you know, talk to him. I told him, I was like, listen, it'll be, once it's fixed, your, your property is the first one it's going to be on. I just got to get it fixed and I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. I got to go and see, see what the parts are exactly. And then, you know, go see how readily available they are, which obviously the way the world, the way they are right now is, it's not the easiest thing. And I don't think a lot of people understand that either. They expect it all to be, you know, right there and ready to go all the time. Yeah. Well, what, what I'm saying is <clears throat> I would, um, I would call that parts place first thing Monday morning and get, yep. get that part ordered and in motion and communicate. Yep. I wouldn't fire this customer to be honest. I, I think it's, yeah. I think the way this guy is calling you on a Sunday at 9am and, and, and following up again, did you get my voicemail? This, this yep. has the potential of somebody leaving a one-star review and, um, saying something like that on, on your social proof, which needs to be immaculate. So yep. I would, if, okay. if I, 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 this is what I would do if I was in your shoes. Cause at, at this point you made the commitment to do the guy's job, correct? Right. Yep. So I would Monday morning, call the parts place, tell them, you know, diagnose and sounds like you're mechanically, you know, on top of what's going on. And be like, hey, I need yeah. this part fixed. And you know, and they'll give you a they'll give you a ballpark. Oh, cool, we got it in stock. Come get it. Or hey, we have to order it. it ain't gonna be here for two weeks. And then yeah. take that information, the honest truth, and proactively, yeah. you know, call the customer or, or text him. And probably having everything in writing is best. So maybe just text him and say, Hey, I ordered the part. It's coming in on Thursday. I'll, you know, as soon as I get it, we'll come finish your job. And I would, with the best attitude you could ever have, I would go and finish his job and then just, you know, mark it in your CRM or whatever you use, you know, PETA never service again. But I would count this as a, you know, I call it my stupid tax. I got that from Dave Ramsey. I've made so many dumb decisions and I kind of have to pay the tax for it. (laughs) But I would, I would almost go through the hassle of finishing this guy's job and then cutting, cutting loose you know, and you don't have to okay. tell them, you don't have to tell them, Hey, you're a Pete. I'm never servicing you again. Just have the best <laughs> attitude you can. Like this was, you know, yeah. uh, someone close and then just stop working for him. Cause I, th- this has writing on the wall that this guy is going to, 
going to let the world know about this situation. So anyway, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, PETA customers and their behavior and I kind of can recognize how they're going to act. And I'm uh, my, earning a good reputation is five, five years from now, 10 years from now, you're not even going to remember. I mean, you're going to probably remember this, but five years or 10 years <laughs> from now, if your business reputations all, you know, pretty much all five stars and immaculate, that's, that's, yep. the, that's the goal. And you, you don't, you don't want to have to um, put up with this guy, you know, right. acting a fool. So um, I'm all yeah, about, no, I'm mean, all I, about, I, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I, I agree with you. And like I said, this is why I take time. You know, that, that would be another mistake that I've made too previously is I've, I've reacted out of haste and, you know, just relax, take your time before you respond to it. Like, like you're saying, you know, you have a great point and I, I think, in a couple hours, I probably wouldn't realize that, you know, just having all the phone calls and everything, especially on a Sunday, you know, it's, yeah, I, I would have like, just, I would, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't, I obviously wouldn't have answered a call on Sunday like that, but also I would have yeah. just, I would have just texted him and say, Hey, the, the um, parts store opens up, you know, business hours, Monday morning, I'll call them then and give you an yep. update. That's what I would have said. Um, yeah. but there's nothing you can do about that at now, but I would just warn you this, this is the type of person that will, um, try to ruin your reputation. And I would just be above board from here on out with a good attitude, finish the job, make it look great. Give him updated progress of, of the parts being fixed. And then sure. after you finish that job, um, you know, maybe just notate it. I use Jobber so I can notate the account and just say, PETA, yep. stay away. And then if anyone ever <laughs> buys my business or whatever, they, you know, I, I got quite a few, well, not quite a few, but I, I, there, there's people that are marked as PETAs. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, I, I know that's not what you want to hear, but in, in, in Fullerton, no, I, Fullerton might say fire his butt, get, you know, get, get out of here. But I'm telling you, <laughs> and you guys listening to me right now, we have to earn a good reputation uh, online and in, in, in the community. And, um, you, you know, you made a commitment to do this guy's job. I, you know, I would, I would yeah. follow through and, and do it. And, um, you know, if someone's going to call you on Sunday morning at 9 AM, that's, that's very disrespectful. So that, that yeah. can be enough. Um, that can be enough of a red flag that never to do a job for this gentleman in the future. But, Yep. I, I would finish Just this, finish it out, finish it out with yep. the best attitude possible and, and crystal clear yep. communication about, um, your yep. machine being fixed and just tell him, tell him the truth. And, uh, yep. hopefully that will avoid so, him giving you a one-star review. Cause these are the kind of guys absolutely. that if someone's willing to call you at 9 AM on a Sunday morning, they don't have the common sense that that's inappropriate. Then they, they have right. the, um, potential of, of, of leaving a one-star review. <laughs> Um, which, right. which is detrimental to, um, to our reputations. So, yeah. So my question is, am I paying you for a coaching call? Now no, or? no, no. This, <laughs> this is, this is free. I just, <laughs> uh, man, I just, I'm listening to you tell this story and, uh, I see, I see the yeah. writing on the wall that, um, you, you want, you want to have a good reputation. So, yeah. um, I would finish yeah, this and out. Like I, said, I mean, that's, Absolutely. And like I said, that's why I always, I always sit down and, and anybody listening, if you have that one customer that just calls and calls and calls, it's okay to send them the voicemail, just relax and then talk to them when you're not all wound up. Cause that's when you make your mistakes in, in that sense, you know? So, 
Yes, sir. And you guys listening, I'm going to put the link in today's show notes. I know I, I encourage you, Taylor, to and Nick, your buddy, to read this book before you guys uh, move forward yep. with, with working together because this this gentleman, and I hope to get him on the program, I know my buddy Mike Pletz from um, How to Hardscape has interviewed Greg Crabtree. I'm going gonna, I'm yep. gonna to reach out to him and see if I can get him on the program. But he's he's dealt with way more of these situations of – you know, coming together in business than I've seen in, in his book, simple numbers, straight talk, big profits, four keys to unlock your business potential. He literally talks about the situation you're about to embrace in. And it could either yep. be a big blessing um, because two's better than one can be a big blessing. Right. Or if you guys don't structure the legalities and all these conversations that need to happen beforehand, it could it could be the end of you and Nick's relationship and it could be very sour. Um, so just please both of you guys listen to Greg's book and then say, Hey, let's, you can blame it on me. Tell Nick, Hey, Paul Jamison told me I have to read this book. Uh, and then afterwards you guys, once you guys both read it, talk through, um, the consequences and the pros and cons of what you guys are, are getting ready to do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take anything we can at this point, you know, I mean, just like starting a business, we're flying in blind, you know, he and I have already, I guess, uh, one of the things that we, we kind of thought about originally was like, what are, what are each of us going to get out of this, you know, working together and, and what's our exit strategy if we're not happy with it, say five years down the road. Now, granted, a lot of people would say that you're already jinxing yourself and having an exit plan before you've even gotten started is the way to failure. Uh, but I think it's more or less, we want to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, and that we started the process of getting all this figured out before it becomes a problem. So that way, if that's something we needed to do or wanted to do, we could. Yeah. Um, no, that's, so, that's very, it's not, it's not all figured out, but yeah, well, that's why great Crabtree's book's going to help you. Cause like Dave Ramsey says, yeah. the, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. And it's, it's very <laughs> difficult cause you guys aren't going to, one of you is going to put in more effort than the other. And the other person who's not, you know, the, the one guy that's gung ho and, and all in and eat, eat, breathing and sleep in this business is going to get um, frustrated with the other one that's that's slacking off a little bit. And uh, Greg will Greg will talk through all of that of how to prevent and protect against that. So. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely a, have to listen to that. Yeah. And it's on it's on. Um, Paperback is on Audible. It's called Greg Crabtree. Again, it's fresh in my mind because last weekend I actually um, went on a very long walk and I, I listened to my audiobooks on like 1.5 times the speed. So it was like a four hour book, but I, I consumed it in like three hours. So I, you know, went on a long walk and I sat by the pool and, and it was, it was an excellent book. So, yeah. but um, I, I got to yeah, get, I, go I ahead. Gotta, no, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I, I got to get back to the pool, man. It's, it's Sunday. I'm going, uh, I'm going to the pool. I got some <laughs> friends down there right now. So I, Sundays is like my yeah. day. I, I, I make content and I also chill out at the pool. So we got a beautiful day here in Atlanta. So I'm, I'm going to get back to my raft and, uh, floating in the deep end, but, uh, tell, tell us um, how we can connect with you and your business. I know it's about the, the name's about to change, but how, how can people find you on social media and whatnot, Taylor? Yeah, so right now on Instagram, it's Big Red Lawns BT1. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I had a small YouTube channel for a little while, trying to get back into that, but we'll see where that goes. Two little ones running around, so really not a whole lot of time to edit anything. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just anyone 
anyone has questions or anything like that, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing in the industry with helping people out. Like I listen to podcasts all the time. I just listened to your book uh, last week when we were out mowing and, you know, it's just a lot of things that, you know, keep the mind moving of, of what you can do to either you know step up or move in a different direction or, or like you were saying, you know, ways to deal with angered customers and stuff like that. I and mean, that's all, people don't tell you that you got to learn it on your own unless you're lucky enough to talk to someone, you know, that's been through it. So uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, but yeah, you know, uh, anyone has any questions or anything like that, I'm, I'd be more than happy to help anybody out. Uh, I got a guy in my area here that I actually help out <clears throat> uh, that just got started this year at the dealership when he was in buying his mower, gave him my number because apparently they think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So whatever that means. <laughs> That's great. Well, we might have to have you back on for part two to hear how this, this uh, dicey situation turns out with this fellow. But again, just so the record's clear, yep. be, be the best attitude you can and finish this job and, and uh, you know, keep keep him uh, updated with the Absolutely. progress. And uh, I know a lot of guys yep. listening disagree with me, but I've seen this. <laughs> I, my, my goal is to get out of this without getting a negative review um, because yep. to, to me, my reputation's everything as, as a business owner. I, I want to have that squeaky clean reputation. And if someone's going to give me a one-star review, it's going to be because they lied. Like it's not going to be because, you know. You didn't do everything you could. Yeah. So so I would. Uh, Absolutely. I would finish this out with a great attitude and, and make, you know, make make his area look really clean and nice. And, and then um, yep. if, if he keeps acting like this, then you can just notate his account don't work for him anymore. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he turns out to be a good guy after all. And, you know, he's just, um, there's some customers, I I have a customer that's like this, that, you know, he probably would call me on a Sunday morning, but he's a, he's a nice guy. He's just obsessed with his lawn. So you'll, you'll figure it out quickly, but, um, you know, just finish this job with integrity and and you made a commitment and and go, go finish good on your word. and, And then, um, let me know how it goes. If he, uh, how he responds. I'll be very curious to see how it goes. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious myself to be honest with you, but we can only do what we can do at the same time. So we'll, yeah. Well, we'll just do don't, we just don't call him today. And, yeah. Just don't call him today and oh, fire no. him because that would, uh, yeah. that would tick him off and he, he'll be coming for you and you don't, you don't need that. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go, guys. Just imagine 90 degrees, beautiful swimming pool. The guy just came and cleaned it this morning, and I got my raft out there. So I'm going to go drink some Essentia <laughs> water and sit in my raft and enjoy the afternoon. All right, my man. All right, Taylor. Nice meeting you. Are you going to go to the Quip Expo like this year? Absolutely. I'll be there. The wife gave me the AOK, so everything's booked. Wow. Two little kids, and a, your wife's an all star, man. You better be thin. Thank you. That's huge. <laughs> going to cost me an expensive dinner i'm sure oh you it. better get her more than a dinner that's 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 incredible dude <laughs> well i look forward to meeting you in person in, in louisville kentucky too Likewise. man all right man all right thanks for your time all right all right bye. later buddy well guys that's super encouraging to hear that taylor's coming to the equip exposition this year because Once I started getting around other folks in this industry, they helped me to elevate my business so much. And I'll give some shout outs. Caleb Allman, 
uh, from Almond Landscape LLC. I met him years ago when my business was as broke as the Ten Commandments. I mean, I was doing about everything wrong you could imagine. And Caleb stepped in. My buddy John Pajak from Indiana started stepping in and helping me understand my break-even cost. And, and that, in turn, helped me to raise my prices. And then Naylor, of course, uh, you know, was my friend way before social media, guys, way before the podcast. I'm telling you, I met these guys at, at the Equip Expo. We started hanging out. We started talking. And they helped me grow as, as a business owner. And so I love when I hear guys that are in their first few years of business coming to Equip because you're going to be around 30,000 or so other folks that are in the same industry that are business leaders. And you can network. You can meet a Tony Rudolph. You can meet a Phil's Lawn Care or whoever. I mean, I don't know how it's all going to go with the interactions, but put yourself out there. You know, share your business card, meet people. I met Brian Fullerton at the Equip Expo. And then when we're not in Louisville, we can hop on the call and say, Hey Taylor, I went through this, you know, crazy situation with this customer. What should I do? And, you know, we can talk through these things. I remember my friend, Eric Triplett, the pond digger, he walked me through a situation where I was dealing with a PETA customer. And, and a lot of times it's good to get someone else's perspective. I know I've had a few minutes to kind of think about Taylor's situation now. And man, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a difficult situation. I, I guess, in hindsight, there was a window of opportunity to probably exit uh, out of this job when the customer, you know, texted and said, did you get my voicemail? And, you know, the voicemail talking about speed and needing the job done sooner rather than later. Perhaps Taylor could have texted him then and said, hey, I understand you want this done promptly because my equipment needs a repair and the part's going to be a while. Why don't you um, search for somebody else? I, I deeply apologize for the inconvenience that I'm not able to uh, finish this job, but, you know, find somebody else. That would have probably been the window to to make that communication. Um, and, and that probably would have been OK. But at this point, I, you know, I'm, I think I would just go ahead and, and get, get the repair and go out and, and just finish the job with an excellent attitude and uh, make it look excellent and just move on. And um, hopefully the customer will be, you know, kind and understanding. And then if he ever calls back and you don't want to work for him, you know, in the most professional way, you know, just say, uh, you know, hey, you don't have to answer the call. Or if, if you did have to give any communication, maybe you ran into him at the grocery store. He's like, hey, why didn't you call me back? You know, say hey, our schedule's full right now. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, it's, it's I know there's so many different opinions that, that, you know, we could share with Taylor in this situation. And I'm just always thinking long-term reputation. What, what can I do in the immediate to, you know, somehow have the most excellent reputation as possible. Um, so I also share this real briefly. I remember I had a job that went South and what I did, I knew I didn't want to work for this customer anymore. And they were a weekly lawn mowing account. And so what I did, I think it was actually a July in the middle of the month, I just wrote him a very professional email, you know, had this in writing. And I just informed him that uh, July was going to be my last month. We're going to come two more services. Two weeks is kind of in the professional world, the respectable move. So I let him know this was my last month and I will provide him two more services. And then, you know, he'll need to, uh, you know, find a different company moving forward. And I did. I went and I, you know, I did a good job. I finished it out you know, with a good mo edge trim blow, it looked really nice. I, his wife even came home and, you know, she waved at me and smiled and, you know, I was able to, to, to complete my services and then move on. Um, because this customer was a, you know, 
repetitive pain in the butt to me. Um, but you never want to, I know this is the, I know you guys are, um, some of you guys are cringing as I'm saying this, you, you never want to just blow it up and just be, uh, rude or disrespectful because then it can just go on and on and on. And the customer can try to, you know, they do all kind of nonsense. So I just say, go complete the service with a great attitude and then, you know, cut your losses from there. Um, okay. I also wanted to just mention real quick. Um, I know, well, let me say this. I don't know Vermont. I really, really don't. And so I don't know some of y'all's rural areas and maybe it makes sense if you're doing snow removal. Cause I don't know anything about snow removal. So if you're in a snow removal state, maybe it is a good idea to get multiple McDonald's or multiple, whatever the company is, commercial properties. Um, because I could imagine they want that parking lot clean when there's a snowstorm. My experience in Georgia, where we don't do snow, we only do lawn care and we have a lot of traffic. That's why I've said on this program before, I don't recommend doing Boston markets or Wendy's or whatever the store is, because if we're going to do 10 Wendy's, let's say just the commute here in Metro Atlanta, where there's millions and millions of people, just the commutes in between those Wendy's is a lot is way too much windshield time uh, for, for profitability or, you know, highest profit margins. And then, you know, there's always people there at Wendy's and it's a tra there's traffic or whatever the place is. McDonald's, Wendy's, it doesn't matter. Um, so that's my perspective from a Southern state. But again, it might make sense if you guys are up North and you have less traffic and, and you can get that snow plow commercial contract or whatnot. Um, so I just wanted to say that cause I, I don't want you guys emailing me like you do. <laughs> and most of the time I just delete it. Uh, there's, you know what the, what's the, uh, the attorney always say, Marty, it depends. It depends. It depends, right? They get paid a lot of money to say it depends. And, uh, you know, there's so many variables, whether a, jo uh, a job is a good idea or a bad idea. Um, it depends and it really does. Um, so it could be a good idea in Vermont for Taylor to take that. But I can tell you right now in, in Georgia, there ain't no way I'm doing 10 McDonald's properties. Um, but we have different set of variables. So, uh, and the last thing, yeah, thanks, Marty. The partnership situation that Taylor was talking about, I personally have benefited from partnering with excellent people in this industry, but I would highly recommend everybody read Greg Crabtree's book. He has a couple really good books about scaling your business, about structuring partnerships, and just the amount of intentional uh, communication on the front end to make sure that terms are clear. So for example, if I'm working with a subcontractor, I let them know, Hey, chance, the customer is going to pay you. You're reliable, responsible for everything. All this is, is a referral. I'm referring them to you. So you're going to talk to the customer. They're going to pay you. I expect you to give me a $200 kickback. And we have these weird conversations, but they're clear or, Hey, Jamie, the customer's going to pay me and I'm going to pay you and I'll, don't worry, I'll deal with the customer. You don't even have to talk to them or even know their phone number and I'll pay you. And, you know, just whatever the situation is, there's a clarity and there's so many different ways to structure when you want to, you know, combine forces and partner. Um, there's so many ways you can win by doing that, but there's some ways that we could also fail in the, the classic 50, 50, partnership split is a setup for failure because it's impossible that there's always going to be a 50% equal effort. Somebody's going to be a little more 
gung-ho about building the business and, and, you know, put in a little more sweat equity and effort. And then the other person that's not doing as much, pardon me, the person that's doing more is going to get animosity and bitterness and, and frustrated with the person that's doing less. And then eventually it's going to explode and blow up. So yeah, I've seen this, you know, a time or two. So that's why I say read Greg Crabtree's book, just because there's ways you can make it work, but you don't want to just blindly say, you know, you know, give a gentleman's handshake. Oh yeah. You know, 50, 50, we'll split everything. It's there's gotta be more rhyme or reason behind it. Like my boy, Dave, not my boy. Like I know the guy, Dave Ramsey, but he says the, the uh, ship that don't sail is a partnership. And uh, meaning you got to, and I, again, I'm, I'm not an expert like Greg read his book, hear his breakdowns of, of different ways you can legally structure things to protect and prevent yourselves. Um, What's that Marty? Oh yeah, yeah. The the book I'm referring to is Greg Crattree's. I think the title is Simple Numbers, um, Straight Talk, Big Profits. And he talks a, just goes in depth about when you're, you know, starting a business or considering starting a business with somebody else, what not to do and what to consider. And you know, he's got more experience and knowledge on the topic than me. So that's why I say check out his book. Guys, I'm learning. I'm I'm learning every single day about business, about algorithms, about financials. Uh, like I'm, I'm a, I feel like I'm an, like rookie says Naylor Taliaferro, you know, calls himself rookie. I feel like an absolute rookie and, and I'm just, I'm learning as I go. And so that's why I'm constantly referencing um, resources because Dave Ramsey's an expert on finance, you know, follow his stuff on finance. Greg Crabtree's an expert on um, your business reaching its full potential and, you know, check out his material there. And so anyway, I say all that to say, I'm glad Taylor's coming to the Equip Exposition and I'm so thankful for this community and just how Caleb Allman and John Pajak and Naylor and Andy Mulder and these guys, they help me to become a better person and a better businessman. And so if you've never been to the Equip Expo, guys, I would encourage you to get there and to you know, don't be hiding in an introverted shell. I, I'm an introvert in many ways, but, you know, go there and, and meet people and, and exchange your business card or, you know, get people's social media handles and, and, and stay in touch with the community. And uh, we can all grow together and make more money, become better, uh, more successful in life and in business. So if you want to join us in Equip and you haven't already registered, the registration link is in today's show notes, as well as the coupon code Paul for a 50% off savings of your registration. So thanks for listening to today's program, guys. Please smash that follow button and we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Green Street Podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.